Brought to you by BedroomBattlefields.com, this is the Tabletop Miniature Hobby Podcast. Welcome to the podcast, then, Callum. Thanks for having me on. It's great to be here, Matthew. So we were both at Tabletop Scotland, but we didn't actually sync up. I just I didn't realise until the last minute that you were going to be there, and I was I was only making a flying visit. So um, I did hear that you did a wee. Well, before I get to the painting tutorial thing, how did you find the event in general? I had a great time. Uh, went along with my wife, and uh, she's she's into like RPGs and and board games, but she'd never she'd done a little bit of painting with me, but not a lot, and. Uh, I think the painting tutorial particularly was good for her because it was good to see other people who are, you know, not necessarily amazing painters uh, because, you know, you go on the internet and you see all these stunning paint jobs and I think a lot of people at her level are a bit like, oh, I'm never going to be able to do that. And it's not about being able to do that. It's if you want to be that good, you'll spend years trying to do it and, maybe get close um mm-hmm. but uh yeah no it was good we 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 went around the stalls spent too much money on nonsense as you're meant to at these things i suppose but uh <laughs> yeah uh what what did about you yourself? oh uh we bought a few board games got a couple of old uh an asterix board game to maybe play with my daughter at some point good. uh and uh the uh a doctor who board game to play with my wife because she's mad for Doctor Who. And we got a copy of Root, which the guy in the stall was given the very heavy sell on and my wife succumbed to it. But it looks looks, <laughs> looks like fun. It's, I think he descri- described it as risk mixed with Redwall. So. Good. I like the yeah. Redwall books. Yeah, I read them all. Uh, I'm yeah. looking forward to getting my daughter into them in the future. Uh, I might still have a copy or two. That's why I, I got really into... Well, just because they're brilliant miniatures anyway, but the old sworn ones, the Burrows and Badgers miniatures, have you come across them before? I think I have seen them. I think I heard you talk about them on the podcast and went and had a look. Uh, it's not the kind of thing I go for, but I have actually considered getting that kind of thing for my daughter because mm-hmm. she, she, she sees me painting stuff and she goes, uh, can I paint a cat, Daddy? And I was <laughs> like, I'm sorry, I've just got a giant Newton lobster. Do you want to have a go with that? Um, <laughs> so... Uh, what age is sorry? your daughter? She's uh, she's three, so right. I kind of yeah. You uh, mine. Yeah, I knew they were close. I wasn't sure exactly, but yeah. So um, so she's just kind of getting quite intrigued by watching Daddy with his little men. Yeah. Uh, so um, so I was, she she asked me to do some pink ones. So I've got a unit of Thousand Sons is next on my list to do. <laughs> Not Thousand Sons, Empress Empress Children. Silly me. So uh, yeah, per- okay. perfect for a three year old. So. Me, I, I, my, my knowledge, uh, my knowledge of the Space Marine chapters is limited, so I, I might well. Uh, I, I know I'm colorblind, so you could tell me a you could tell me <laughs> a, a dark angel is pink, and I'd believe you. Uh, but yeah, a nice scene charm, eh? That would work, wouldn't it? Well, yeah, well, I think these guys are Slanesh, yeah, but they're bright pink with kind of, I'm going to do animal prints on random bits of armour and yeah. stuff like that. Have 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 fun. Do it, do it proper old school. Like, do you, do you remember the old Noise Marine? The, yeah. the actual old one with the guitar and yeah. stuff and Brilliant. the original paint scheme on him. I, I think I'm going to pick up a few bits of that and just apply it across 
I've only got maybe about a dozen guys or something that I'm going to do and can have them as a, a little war band for playing kind of small scale skirmish games with. So yeah, yeah, that's that's, that's the plan. <laughs> if, I, if I ever get them done, we'll see. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so you you did get a wee painting tutorial then? Like, what made you do that? Well, like I say, partly for my wife and partly for myself because I'm um, like yourself. I left the hobby for like two decades. Um, and uh, I've kind of been coming back into it by myself and just doing my own little thing. And I've kind of got to the stage where I'm like, I really should try and find other people who are interested to this to talk to rather than just boring my friends and family uh, with just me prattling on. Have you seen this little man I've got? He's amazing. Look, I did this and I did that. And this is what, this is all the stuff about him. And they're just like, yeah, yes, thanks. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah. So, uh, but I went along and I wanted to have a go and see, have someone show me how to paint a bit because I'm well out of practice after 20 years. And I've done a few bits myself, but it was just good to, to do it. And uh, yeah, I'd, uh, something to pass pass an hour or so at tabletop scotland as well while we were waiting for our uh to do an rpg so mm. so what what kind of things did you did you get shown like was the was the miniature like did you have to bring a miniature or was that provided or that was provided basically they, they give you a pro they, they they put about 20 primed random miniatures on the table um, and said, pick one. And I spot, spotted a goblin with a spear and went, ooh, that looks good. And then just a hand reached in and grabbed it just as I was about to. So I was like, okay, fine, cowboy, cowboy. Yeah, I've never painted a cowboy before. Let's do something different. Um, but, yeah, they just showed you – it's just the basic stuff, so, you know, blocking out the colors for the base coat and then using a wash. I think they used just like a single wash um, – I can't remember what it was called. I think it was called like Dark Tone or something like that. It was Army Painter. Mm. Never used any Army Painter paints before. I was quite impressed with them, actually. They were quite good. Um, and, uh, you know, so give it a wash and then just saying to like kind of go over some of the areas again and do a bit of highlighting and stuff. And there was loads of people at different levels doing the painting competitions. Uh, not competitions, so the painting um, lesson. So it was kind of <clears throat> just... Uh, just kind of everyone to their own and the guys were coming around and saying oh that's good have you tried doing this and my wife found it really useful and i, I just was it was just quite nice to, to have a bit of a refresher and uh, inspired me to come home and do lots more painting which is which is nice <laughs> do you get much gaming time now uh, I, 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 a little bit every now and then. I don't really have many people. I don't really have anyone to play with, to be honest. Um, apart from my wife, and uh, I need to try and find a club or something. But I think I'm, I'm in Glasgow, and it seems to be pretty uh, devoid of anyone. There's a few like kind of uh, historical wargaming things, but yeah, I'm just worried I'll go along and they'll look at my little green men and go. What's this? <laughs> uh, no, 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 no. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, but I actually, I played a game with my wife last night. Um, we, uh, Someone on the Discord had suggested Squad Hammer Core. It's like a narrative um, kind of uh, tabletop thing that you, very miniatures agnostic, really easy to set up, really simple rules, great for someone who, 
isn't doesn't want to sit down and read the Warhammer 40k rulebook because mm-hmm. to be honest I'm not sure I even really want to do that um so uh we got it set up in about 20 minutes including writing out what everybody was in the armies and you can just make it up so it was good for her because I just went she didn't need to go what are these guys to me I just go well what are they to you and then we'll just say here we'll just go well they've got big guns so they've got high-powered weapons and they're oh these ones have got big long rifles so we'll make them super accurate you know and things like that uh these had some ogrens and i was like they look bloodthirsty don't they yeah they like get in a combat and really mess things up they got butchered in one turn of combat by some orcs so but but nevertheless uh, but so you just circle their bloodthirsty and it just gives you little bonuses and really great i think if um if i'm going to try and introduce anyone else i know to tabletop wargaming i think i'm going to pull that out again because it, it, that particularly that you don't have to explain things they can just tell you what they want mm-hmm. really really great because it's not overwhelming to hear like uh, oh you've got admech are oh, they come from the forge worlds of mars and uh, you go off on this big ramble and they just zone out so what's the game called again? Um, it's called Squad Hammer Core. Uh, by, it's like three I, different game names just yeah. mashed together, isn't it? <laughs> uh, I think it was, I, I picked up off the War Games Vault, and I think it's right. by a chap called Ivan Sorensen. I think he did, I think it's the same guy that did uh, Five Leagues from the Borderland and Five right. Parsecs from Home. Yeah. Um, which you you might have heard of. Mm-hmm. Um uh, And it, like I say, it was just someone on the Discord for the for this podcast just said, just mentioned it and i just went "Woo, great i'll go have a look and got myself a copy and and within a few hours of getting a copy of the rules i had a game on the table and it worked really well it'd be interesting then to to go back in time a bit and hear about i mean we're talking about these days but what about your kind of origins in the hobby like how did you first encounter um miniatures and painting and gaming I, I grew up in the kind of far-flung north of Scotland on what a few hundred years ago was the edge of the world. Um, and my brother uh, was uh, collecting these little men. I was in primary school, so I'd have been seven or eight, and he had all these white dwarves and these little guys, and he painted them beautifully. I remember I, uh, I remember some of his stuff, actually, because I inherited it, and that was, you know, he basically just went... He got to his late teens and went, I've discovered other things that are more interesting. Here, little brother, have these. And uh, I was like, oh, cool, great, yeah, ha, oh, what, what are these? And so I started reading all these old copies of White Dwarf that he'd given me from like the late 80s and early 90s. And I just had a whole load of, suddenly I had a whole load of like night goblins and some, I can't remember now, they said some high elves. I was like, what, what do I do? And I had no idea what I was doing. Um, but I still loved them all, and, and I had a go at painting. But as you are when you're, like, nine, you, like, splodge, splodge, splodge uh, on, on with the paint. Um, and then we moved down to the south of Scotland, and I met other people my age who played these games. And we started going to the nearest games workshop to us was Carlisle. So I'd go to Carlisle on the train. I was about 11 or 12, and me and my mates were just given, given here's your train fare, and here's some money to get some chips for lunch. 
go on a one-hour train journey to the big city by yourselves, which just seems insane to me these days. <laughs> um, you know, that, that, that my parents were just like, "Well, oh, that's fine, go for it." And I'd, every Saturday, I'd just spend the day at Games Workshop making the red shirts' life a living hell, um, uh, and buying absolute nonsense and painting and playing battles and yeah yeah that that was kind of where it began uh for me and uh i would say i haven't looked back since but the the previously mentioned 20 year gap uh would say otherwise (laughs) (laughs) so when you were younger like what uh what like armies did you collect and stuff or was it just a mishmash of things you thought were cool there was a lot of it was just a mishmash of things. Looking back on what I had then, every now and then I'll, a memory will surface when I'm going through eBay and I'll see like some dogs of war. I'll be like, oh, I had then. And then I'll look at the price of them on eBay and go, God, I should not have got rid of those. <laughs> um, yeah, I just, I basically bought, a lot of what I bought was just what I thought was cool. Um, I loved painting. Well, yeah, a, lot of, a lot of my hobby is like painting and crafting. I, I really, really love that part of the hobby um i can just sit by myself for an hour of an evening just taking things out of my brain and making them happen in front of my eyes which uh i absolutely love doing um and uh yeah this is the reasons i like 28 mil is because uh because uh you can add all those details and you can get noodling painter anyway you asked about what i collected um I had a huge fantasy orc and goblin army because that was what I started with, with my brother's uh, night goblins, I think he had from, you know, do you remember the Warhammer fantasy starter set that had all the high elves and all the the orcs and, no, no, just all the goblins. Yeah. All those ranks of, all those ranks of spearmen that you don't want to sit on. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, yeah, uh, I had a load of those. I think I had that box set. My brother had had that box set. One of my mates had it. So I ended up with like 50, 60 of these goblin spearmen. And I just, I always put them in one unit and just marched them across the middle of the table. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so you're not taking these guys out before they get to you. Um, and, uh, but, uh, I had space orcs, love space orcs. Um, I've been recreating my blood axe war boss that I, from my memory, the one that I had as a teenager, I've been making a new version of him um, to enter into a painting competition over on the Warhammer 40k community on Lemmy. Mm. Uh, that's that's actually next week, so I've got a few little bits of stuff to finish on him. I uh, had a Space what, Wars what army. Mean, uh, what do you mean making them? Like this scratch building? uh sort of yeah i um i like doing 3d printing and uh through work i've got history in 3d modeling um so but what i did with him was actually i got loads of models that people had created online and put online to sell or put online for free and i took them and i put them in a program and i started chopping them up like you would a plastic kit um but just in in the virtual space, and I mashed them together, and then I 3D printed that, and then I covered about probably 30 40% of that in green stuff to do all the details that I didn't have the talent to do in 3D. Um, and, yeah, because that's what I'd done back back in the day. I'd, I'd got, like, a an orc mega knob and 
made him taller and made him put a engine off a 2CV kit, Citroen 2CV engine on his back to make him look bigger and things like that that I just had in a random kit. And then I'd sculpted these enormous epaulets, ridiculously big epaulets onto his shoulder. I bought the model, you know, the old metal model of Commissar Yarrick. Mm. I, I bought that and hacksawed his hat off. And then glued it on my war boss, and my parents were like, "You just, you just bought that model, and you just come home and just jammed it in a vice." And I went, "Yeah, but my war boss needed a hat." <laughs> uh, um, it's a bit easier these days with technology. Yeah, I love three D printing things because it just lets you. It just lets me take things out, like I said, straight out of my head and make them reality. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I made him and I painted him. And then I treated myself to one of the little squigs that my brother had given me when, well, I I had to buy another one because I don't have the originals anymore. But I I bought this little squig with his tongue sticking out and stuck him on the base as an attack squig. Um, He also gives the base a nice bit of weight because he's obviously a lump of lead. Mm. So, um, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm very much into making my own things and crafting my own things and, having stuff that's different to everyone else's. Mm-hmm. So, um, when did you, when did you kind of drift out the hobby then? When would that have been? Same kind of period. A lot of people do kind of late teenager, early twenties, drinking nights out, other, many other distractions. And you just go, I don't, I don't have the time for this. I've moved on from this. I'm not a child anymore. And then, and then, you know, um, and I literally sold, boxes and boxes of stuff for beer money mm-hmm. uh, for so little i actually heard that the guy i sold it to is a friend of a friend um and i sold it to him mainly because he was like really interested in some of the stuff i'd had and when i was talking to him and i was like well at least it's going to a good home um he took it home and he uh he had a fiance and he had to hide it in his car and bring it in a little bit at a time because when he agreed to buy it off me, he didn't realize quite how much stuff I had in the cupboard as well. And he was just like, I've just filled the boot of my car with boxes. I can't just walk into my house with this. My fiance will go nuts. And so he was just bringing in a little bit and a little bit and hoping she wouldn't <laughs> notice. So he's like, it's like, yeah. Like like the boy in the Shawshank Redemption with a bit tunnel. He was digging the tunnel. He was just letting a wee bit out every day, like just a couple of, couple of minutes yeah. every day. Yeah. But just imagine a few goblins coming out the bottom of his trousers going, oh, where did they come from? I'll <laughs> just put those up on the shelf. <laughs> <laughs> so when are we talking then? Like how many years ago was that when you sold sold up everything? It'd be like 2003, 2004, somewhere around there, I think. Um, mm. I don't I don't know. There's a, as I say, a lot of drinking happened since then, so yeah. my memory's a bit hazy. Um, and and uh, then during... During like when you were out of it all, but like before we before we get to you coming back in, were there any wee moments where you gave it a bit of thought, or you know read any books, or just went into a games workshop for a wee look at any point? Uh, yeah, um, I, I I still like reading some of the novels. Um, I remember reading like Gotrek and Felix and and the Gaunt's Ghost novels when they came out in the I think it was the late nineties. Um, well, actually, Gotrek and Felix was probably the early nineties when they started, uh, and really enjoyed them. So I had actually already picked up like one of the big omnibuses of Gotrek and Felix and been like, hmm, read read this again, um, you know. And and they're 
I find them to be great books. They're really um, easy to read and and uh, the, maybe the the first two uh, maybe a bit you know not 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 so well structured but by the time you hit the third one and going forwards to certainly until William King I think he wrote the first eight of them um, certainly until then he uh, he was he was doing pretty good kind of continuous storyline with a good skaven villain and uh, and things like that but yeah mm. and my, my, my first experience the, the only experience i really had of, of going into games workshop during that was when we started playing dungeons and dragons uh, probably about kind of 2017 2018 and uh, i was running i was running a campaign and i was at this city full of dwarves uh, and i needed some guards because the dwarves were going to cause trouble for the for the party so I was like, oh, I'll just go down to Games Workshop and I'll buy a box of Dwarf Infantry. I'll be able to, you know, I remember what Dwarf Infantry was like from Games Workshop. I'll, I'll go get that and I'll be able to make some great city guards just to have a little simple infantry box set. And I walked in and I was confronted by the Age of Sigmar for the first time. And I was like, what is this? <laughs> Why are they... I just want a box of infantry. And I went and asked the guy and he was like, oh, no, we don't really do just a box of dwarf and inf- dwarf infantry. And I'm like, he tried to sell me some other stuff, but I wasn't interested. I think I actually ended up buying a box off of um, for Kings of War. Mm-hmm. And they were great. Yeah, that's exactly what I was after. So so were you saying you were going to get a wee nice monopose box there, uh, like... Can't even remember what the dwarven monopose ones were, but I, I remember the ones with the axes above their heads and the little right. shields, and you got yeah. all the you got the different kind of patterns on the shields and stuff mm-hmm. so you can choose. I was hoping something for more kind of uh, the late nineties uh, kits, like kind of I, I like. I know you're into your monopose, and I do appreciate a nice monopose regiment in Warhammer. The, the goblins from the start set with all the spears that I was talking about. I've actually I've actually picked up a few of those myself, and at some point I'm going to get round to painting them. But uh, no, I'm I, I like have being able to pose guys. I like my guys to look different. Um, so these kind of separate arms and separate legs and separate heads, it's great for me. And then you can stick a bit of green stuff and the joints and really get some articulation and have them pointing all over the place. Um, so, uh, I think, uh, I don't know if you saw, I did some, I did some, uh, terminators, some of the old, do you remember the old metal chaos terminators? Yeah. And I, I got some, uh, green stuff in the armpits to stop them from being that kind of arms tightly by their side pose yeah. to make them kind of much more dynamic. Yeah. Aye. Uh, so, he won't get uh, through many doors like that, so will he? Oh, he just still tuck his arms in for that, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you said you started playing D anD D. So, was that like a was that a catalyst then to to come back into the hobby fully? Uh, I think I think it was actually talking to one of the guys who I was playing the D anD D with. He he bought some uh, new miniatures from Games Workshop, um, uh, and he we were just chatting about them and uh i was i was kind of, i think it was a box of chaos space marines and i was disappointed to find that you had to put them together in a certain way you know i was like oh they come in parts great you can pose them all sorts of ways but actually they're they're basically difficult to put together monopose models 
it's the worst of both worlds in my head. <laughs> um, and uh, but yeah, I, I should. I think what got me kind of particularly back interested was I picked up a copy of the Mordheim rulebook in um, from Oxfam um, uh, for a good good price, and uh, and I just started looking through it, and I went, I've got all these D and D miniatures that I've made, and then I made a whole load of. Um, ruins out of lego i dug a whole load of lego out of the cupboard and made made a ruined city and um and then made my wife have a game of mordheim which is not the gentlest introduction to uh, tabletop wargaming um but she seemed to have a good time um uh didn't 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 cry about it at least um <laughs> and uh and it, and it kind of just it reminded me what I liked, like making the making the even just making the terrain out of Lego. Um, I was just suddenly like, "Oh, this is great!" I just was like, I was looking at these pieces, and I went, oh, "Well, this is perfect for making an enormous ruined church, and this could make a wizard's tower and things like that." And it just my brain started doing what it did when I was a teenager, and suddenly I've got a million and one projects, none of which ever seem like they're ever going to be finished. Um, <laughs> but. Uh, our question of the month for May 2024 is what rules have you created or adapted to improve your favourite gaming system? This might be a homebrew rule or something you've ported over from another game. The point is you tried it, it worked well and you kept on using it. Head on over to bedroombattlefields.com forward slash voicemail to submit your answer. That's bedroombattlefields.com forward slash voicemail. And now back to the show. How did you work with the Lego? Did you use the Lego as like a almost a scaffold and then put materials on it, or was it just naked Lego? I, I made I made some quite convincing ruins completely out of Lego, like they were a Lego kit because um, I wanted to put the Lego back in the box afterwards and use it again. So, um, and then I started uh, making my own Mordheim scenery uh, a little bit. It was it's all right. Look, looks looks good enough and. Uh, and, uh, but again, my brain flitted off to decide to do something else. So I've got like four or five ruined buildings in various states of finish. I finished one or two of them. And, but then I was like, ah, oh, no, I should, I should play something different. I should go do this. I should go do that. And, <laughs> um, I'm lucky I have a very understanding wife. So how are you for, how are you set for like storage? Cause obviously terrain's a, terrain could be a problem with storage and, uh, it could be quite bulky. Yeah, we got to the point where my wife said, you need to do something about all this stuff because I was talking about buying even more things. And <laughs> she went, right, I don't mind you buying this. That's fine. It obviously makes you very happy, but we know where to keep it. So I actually um, took a – I made a, a wall of shelves, which is kind of where I'm sitting now, uh, in, and it is just full of – miniatures and rule books and codexes i love codexes i like i like reading that kind of very kind of little bite-sized chunks of lore that you get mm -hmm. in codexes um and out-of-date codexes are really cheap um mm -hmm. because most people aren't interested in them but i'm not interested in necessarily using the rules i'm interested in just 
reading the law. So actually, I think I got a load of the fifth edition ones were quite good, but obviously they're quite out of date now. I think they were back kind of 2005, 2006 or something. And so I've got a few of the later edition ones and, and things like that. And I just uh, sit and sit and read them and, and uh, just absorb it all. And then, yeah. the thing about um i'm not too bothered about playing warhammer 40k or or necessarily warhammer fantasy as a as a game but uh particularly with 40k the the law and that universe they created possibly up until they decided to drop primaris marines into it because i'm an old man and i'm stuck in my ways um uh i love it it's great um i love this idea that there's a universe that is not going to get any better there is not a light at the end of the tunnel uh 10,000 years ago everything went wrong and they you know and it's just going it's just getting worse and worse i like that kind of relentlessly dark tone to it um but i i liked it with the kind of silly humor that they injected into it in the 90s mm-hmm and and I like that kind of second edition color palette. I like the idea that it's grim and it's dark, but it's also bright and vibrant in its own way. And uh, yeah, uh, so I, I I just I like reading I like reading the law. So yeah, so I've got all this storage, and it's just I'm going to have to make more soon if I'm not careful. So I've I've kind of put a stop on buying anything at the moment. Get a storage so. locker. <laughs> Imagine that look. one. I used to watch that. Uh, used to when I stayed with my pal, we used to watch that Storage Wars where they cracked open the storage lockers. Imagine on that, it's just like you know, hundred thousand pounds worth of nineties Games Workshop stuff, and uh, nobody realizes the value. <laughs> I, I have dreams like that. I'm not even joking. <laughs> I, I my wife laughed at me once because I woke up and I was like, "Oh," and she's like, "What's wrong?" And she was like. I just dreamt I was in a toy shop and they had loads of 90s Warhammer and they hadn't changed the prices. <laughs> <laughs> Some old senile shopkeeper. <laughs> yeah, just left them on the shelf. No one had ever bought them. I turned up and I had my credit card and I was going to clear them out. Um, <laughs> assuring my wife that I'll make a fortune selling these on eBay and not just hoard them all for myself. So what 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 are you all got on the go at the moment in terms of projects? And what are you what are you working on? What are you really excited about? And what well, are you getting I, distracted with? <laughs> I've just uh, I've just finishing up my war boss. He's got a few little little bit little bits and pieces to go. He's uh, he's quite um, quite happy there. So Happy hopefully, guy. Yeah, well, he's not as yeah he's 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 not too big because I'm going more towards the the kind of uh the the if i ever play any real warhammer it'll probably be back to third edition which was kind of what i last played but yeah now so i'm just finishing him off which is which has really been a kind of good little journey for me because i've he's been on the go since first inception for about a year and a half i think um is he a is he a citadel one or a proxy or like oh, no, that's the one that's the one that I made. So that's oh, the right, one. That, right. Yeah, yeah. Brilliant. So you see the attack squig on the bottom is a Citadel yeah. miniature. But oh, um, that looks tremendous. Everything else is like so all the like medals on his chest are hand sculpted and the big epaulets and the flames and I actually hand sculpted the uh the checker pattern onto his fist. Bloody hell. 
rather than uh, that actually easier than painting it because mm. for green stuff you can lay it out and you just chop squares up and yeah. then you've just got to pop them on and then it's yeah. really easy to paint um but it looks even better than just painting it and so um not that i mind painting checker patterns i was collecting warhammer 40k in the 90s it was all checker patterns everywhere <laughs> checker patterns and yellow and black stripes on everything uh so uh yeah so finish them up and then yeah like i say i think i'll be my next job will be doing these uh emperor's children that my daughter requested i've got a few old um old metal models um that i picked up off ebay in various little bits and pieces and uh yeah gonna paint them all bright pink i think actually i bought a pot of pink paint i think it's described as fuchsia there's nothing more grim dark than a few fuchsia <laughs> space marines coming to get you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah. What about yourself? Have you been working on anything recently? I was listening to a few of your old episodes this week and uh, you were mentioning six mil stuff, but I don't think I've ever seen any of that. No, I put that on the back burner because I got into 15. So I'm, uh, I'm all over the place as well. Uh, so I've got a... I've got a massive amount of 15 mil to to start working on, but um, the latest thing I've been doing, I've been getting a wee warband of goblins finished. Uh, I got them from Nightmare. I don't know if you've come across Nightmare before. I do, yeah, they're very, very good. Um, aye, um, aye, I'll be putting photos up. They're, they're very nearly finished now, um, but I'll... I'll I'll be putting pictures of them up uh, when they're ready. I've really enjoyed them, actually. I, I think I think they were all Kev Adams, and uh, some of them potentially like the best character full miniatures I've ever painted. Just like nice big areas, but depth and character, and the faces are tremendous. So um, I really, really good miniatures, those. Kev Adams' orcs in my head are just the best yeah, I, best orcs. It's what all orcs, whether it's fantasy or uh, or forty k or whatever. They Kev Adams. He just he gets that aesthetic that it's just really pleasing. I don't and like. I was looking at some of the more modern stuff on forty k where it's starting to look quite realistic and mm-hmm. and and kind of you know you can tell someone's done a course in anatomy when they've been designing it, kind of thing. And I'm just like, eh. They're orcs. They're meant to be silly. They're meant to be nonsense. Give them a big jaw and some teeth sticking out of it and some scars and an eye patch. And, yeah. You know, <laughs> Gorfang Rockgut. I don't know if you remember that model. Yeah, this, uh, I had yeah. Yeah, yeah, he had the sword I'm, over his head. Exactly. That's the one, yeah. He he is, I think he's probably my favorite Kev Adams uh, sculpt of an orc. It just mm-hmm. completely nails it. The big, the big toe caps on the boots and yeah and things like that as you, you can probably tell from the wool boss that i showed you you can uh, you can see i'm somewhat inspired by the same kind of thing yeah <laughs> making him so uh uh yeah no there's a, a great choice in miniatures by you i mean that's uh the, yeah like i said i can't say enough good things about care adams uh goblins and and orcs just the master yeah I mean, he seems to he seems to still saying saying he seems to still get work is the wrong term. He seems to still do work, which is cool. Um, he pops up in different places, and uh, he's obviously doing commissions for folks. So, I I think I, I think I saw a thing about him um, uh, on uh, bring out your lead 
uh, where well, I wasn't there, but I saw I watched one of these videos of it, and he was live sculpting orc faces for people. Really? Was just, yeah, That'd just just sitting sense. in the corner, just sculpting. Yeah. I would have just spent the entire day sitting watching him. I know. Like, uh, I'd be just so surreal to see. Um, like I mean, all the all the household names from you know the nineties and that that we grew up with, and even like having privilege to to have a few of them on the podcast so far, and that's that's not in person, but you're still having a conversation with them, and you you kind of I've ha- I've had it a few times now where I get a moment of clarity where I'm like sitting talking to Andy Chambers, I'm like. I'm talking to Andy Chambers. I'm I'm asking him questions and he's responding. This is weird. Uh, it's like and they're so nice, all of them. Um, but to actually go to an event like that, and you know, like spoke about with, with Jason, and you can have like um, John Blanche in the room. You know, if you saw Kev Adams sitting sculpt knots, it'd just be I don't know what I'd, I'd probably just have to go because I, I wouldn't be able to accept it. <laughs> I wouldn't be worthy enough. Oh, no, no, no. Even even the thought of just being interviewed by a man who has interviewed Andy Chambers, Gab Thorpe, and Thomas Sheridan <laughs> is it, really it, low it, level happiness. Panic! It panicked me. If you now, if you had told teenage me that I would be on the same kind of lineup of interviews, kind of thing, do you know what I mean? I know it's I know it's not the same, but you know, <laughs> it would have just blown my little mind. It's like oh, so uh, yeah. Um, no, it's a it's a privilege to to be following them up. You know, it's a hard act to follow. So, ah, it's a it's a great hobby in the sense that you know, there's I don't know that there's anyone out there that's as as famous or talented as people are in the hobby. I don't know that you'll find many people who are aloof and you know feel that they're above getting involved in things like this and going to events and interacting with people. So it's really cool that I think a lot of these people are there. They're into the they're into the hobby themselves. They want to be involved. Yeah, the reality I, is, is they're just like us, but mm-hmm. they were the people doing it, you know. Um, and so we kind of look at them and go, "Wow!" But they just they just want to play games. They want to paint miniatures. They want to share the love of the hobby. And yeah, that's that's what I want to do. Um, so, you got yeah, any no. old? Uh, you got any old white dwarfs for back in the day, or did you get rid of them too? I did get rid of those, yeah. Um, I think the only thing that I have from back in the day is actually at my dad's, and I. It was a uh, when Lord of the Rings miniatures first started coming out. I don't know if it was like free on the front of a white dwarf or or something, but there was a bill, uh, yeah, Bilbo holding the ring in the palm of his hand, holding a book, and I painted this up really nicely, um, and I gave it to my dad as a present. So it was the only thing that was spared the the culling but i have actually not not white dwarfs i decided not to buy any old copies of white dwarfs because it was just like that way i don't have the storage for what i've got so i don't i don't need a hundred copies of white dwarf as well as much as that would be great i have picked up a few copies of the citadel journal though mm-hmm. which i remember really enjoying it was a bit of like it was it was the, for the for the proper nerds of, of 40k back in the day the white dwarf was for the for the casual players and then you had the ones who was like now i want to have a gene stealer cult army so i need to get the rules out of the citadel journal and yeah i i i found it amazing i was looking at the back and you got like um do you remember doc butcher's clinic at the back where games workshop would sell you uh kits to make uh conversions 
And so in the back the pages, they'd be like, here's some nice conversions some people at Games Workshop made. And here's all the parts list. So you can just buy the parts to make them yourself. And then you look at modern day Games Workshop and you're just like, they would never do that. Mm-hmm. They're just like, no, if you want that gun holster, you buy the whole box. Yeah. Buy aye. it. <laughs> yeah. Um, in the late 90s, they really pushed that, didn't they? They were like, you know, they were saying like, and that was at a time as well where it was like write in or phone in or that. It wasn't, you know, online quite yet. Yeah, yeah. But it Fill was in like, the form. You could you could phone us and get this gun. You think of like labor involved and the electricity cost versus like the price of the tiny gun, but it just showed that they, they knew that, you know, that's this very small sale that is a net loss is you know, somebody's buying into the company and, and the lore and they'll hopefully go on to buy more stuff. Uh and I, I remember my, being asked what I wanted for my birthday one year. And I had did you remember the old brightly colored catalogs from I think like 1991 there was like a blue one and a red one and a green one yeah and they I, were like I, heroin I, for the eyes weren't they uh, just like exactly you yeah just sit and drink them in and i poured over these for ages and ages and ages and i had my space wolf army and i was like there's a model of lehman russ in here there's a model of lehman russ with frecky and gary as wolves it's from like 88 or something it's like really early rogue trader model and so my dad phoned up games workshop and said are you still manufacturing this and they went no and we don't have any in stock but if you want to pay like in the time it's probably like 20 30 quid we will do a casting and you can have one of them so and 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 like so they're like we'll we'll dig out the molds and we'll we'll send you we'll send you them and my dad was like you should because back then 20 30 quid was quite a lot of money and my dad was Mm -hmm. like you sure this is what you want for your birthday and i was like yes 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 um and so yeah that's another miniature that i'm sad so so did that happen they they cast it for you yeah yeah so i think i think they had to do like a minimum of like a dozen of them yeah um but they just kept the rest for any other stupid children who were begging for the tiniest space marine they could find because yeah. even next to like the third edition models he was he was like six inches short of a normal well, in scale he was a few mils short of a normal space marine he's meant to be the primarch yeah um but i still he was on the battlefield he was the the my commander um for 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 a good few years um beautifully painted and that kind of thing so yeah no um I just I love getting back into this now. It's, it's nostalgia all the way for me. Mm-hmm, that's all. Mm-hmm. It, that's all it's about. Um, I don't know if you saw. I've been recreating the. I've been recreating the uh, second edition starter set cardboard scenery for forty k. Yeah. Um, in in three D and three D printing them, and I've, I've got a few pieces of it now, and it just. I sit. I sit and look at it, and I'm just like, ah. Oh, oh. <laughs> Oh, it's going to look so good. <laughs> Great stuff. Well, it's been really enjoyable to chat and uh, get sort of caught up on where you're at at the moment. Um, we'll have to, to catch up again. I mean, we'll, we'll definitely catch up in person too. This is a small country, so we might as well. Yeah, not, um, not a million miles away. Uh, get a wee game on the go at some point. Uh, it's a good excuse for me to get something done as well. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would be fantastic, yeah. 
So what what are you are you got any games lined up with your wife coming up or will you just play it by ear? Uh, uh just play it by ear. So we don't we don't play very frequently. Every few months we'll get a game and to be honest it's it's not the end of the world from my point of view. Like I say I love the crafting and the building and designing things in 3D and mm-hmm. printing them off and things like that. So uh and 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 just yeah just buying old miniatures and never touching them because i've got too many other things to do so uh anywhere you would like to send the millions of listeners to check out any of the stuff that you're up to yeah sure you can find me on mastodon i'm one of these people who has decided that twitter isn't a a place to be so i'm on mastodon you can find me at dr spork as in s-p-o-r-k little plastic Uh, fork spoon hybrid yeah, getting well, like prepackaged pastas and stuff. Yeah, Doctor <laughs> uh, Spork at Warhammer dot social on Mastodon, um, and uh, I, I post up what I'm working on, and I post up if I, I, I design. You can some of the stuff I design for 3D printing is on Cults 3D, so you can find me on there as well if you're interested in seeing the kind of retro models that I like to make. So, excellent. Um, I'll probably put the files for the for the second edition scenery up on there when I'm done mm. designing them as well. So if anybody wants a, a set of kind of real chunky second edition scenery, I'm sure there's at least four or five people out there who'll be interested. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and of course, I'm I'm on your uh, join join the Discord for Bedroom Battlefields. Uh, yeah, it's a place in, to be, isn't it? Place as, to be. <laughs> lots of lots of really interesting folk on there Jared. like well like i say this i literally read about squad hammercore maybe 48 hours ago maybe not that long bought the rules played a game really enjoyed it would never offend it if i hadn't been on the discord so. thanks very much for listening to this episode of the tabletop miniature hobby podcast if you enjoy the show then please do share it with someone else you think might enjoy it too And be sure to check out our Discord community of like-minded hobbyists, which you can find at bedroombattlefields.com forward slash discord. It'd be great to see you in there.